Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to A Little Bit Dusty, all things country, rural, and outback Australia. Grab a hot or cold one and enjoy the conversation ahead. So it just acts as a really good way to, like, think of flushing a toilet bowl, okay? You flush it and it just goes out. So it just is this, has this really amazing um, cleaning effect on our river system. So the Clarence River um, has the largest uh, number of um, dolphins. Uh, we, have the, we are the cleanest river out of the Tweed and the Richmond um, River as well. And that's because we've got our system is still, it's not 100%, it's only about 60% operational, but it's, it's allowed to flow and it's allowed to do its thing because it's not damp. All right. Oh. Yeah, so that's that whole, when you look at it from a whole ecosystem point of view, then you, you know, marry it up to uh, an economic point of view. To divert that river or dam that river would have a complete devastating impact on every single economy in the Clarence Valley. Would the, would the impact be mainly from constructing, like the process of constructing the dam or the after result of it after? It's the after result, so not... Uh, right. allowing the river to do what it normally does. Hmm. Okay. Which is flow, flow yeah, properly. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm pausing and just finding it very interesting because I've just done a bit of uh, research over the last couple of years of um, like the water market, water trading and um, water inquiries and that sort yeah. of thing, especially through uh, a lot of areas through the Murray-Darling Basin and some places have um, – yeah, disagreed that some uh, spots of the Murray should be flowing at its rate because of uh, places um, that have a lot of uh, trees, such as river red gums. Uh, yeah. They're now saying they're based, they're flood, what is it, flood tolerant but not flood dependent. So some of the areas, if you, yeah. if you were to go through, some have said that there's these kind of absorbed, just dead, flooded out red gums everywhere because of an incorrect use of water. So uh, it's, I, just, yeah, I, just, right. I just find it just uh, just interesting, that's all, yeah, especially from areas well, in northern course, New South um, Wales too. Yeah, so Clarence Valley Council um, just recently bought the Nimboida power station from um, the state government. Okay. And we weren't necessarily interested in the power station, but what we were interested in was the water licence that went with it. So we've now got our own water security. So oh, that's that great. It, yeah. So it can't be purchased, yeah. Oh, well, that's good, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've um, read, but there's this book that uh, Stuart Kells and Scott Hamilton have uh, produced, came out last year called Sold Down the River, 
and it's pretty much a breakdown of how the water baron started, how water market started and that sort of thing. And the amount of flexibility and loopholes people in state government and other uh, you know, premiers and members of parliament have gone through to try and secure a profit within a water licence to another company, say it's overseas, I've, yeah, I just found just so astounding. So for the fact that you've got your own water licence, I congratulate you for because it must have been a hell of a fight and to, uh, purchase, to purchase that area without it would be even more of a shit show because you're not getting that allocated amount that you deserve essentially. Exactly, exactly. And so when you think of the Clarence and her journey is um, begins at the Queensland border and it's a 400-kilometre journey and right. I think there's about 260-something two, rivers and creeks flow into the Clarence to make the Clarence mighty. Okay. And, uh, and she has two arms. So one comes from uh, Coffs Harbour. Uh, from the south and then one comes from the north as well. So, you know, a lot of people go, oh, you know, we can, you know, dams, you know, some of those. But Tenderville's actually got um, a, a project on the board for damming one of their rivers, which is flows into the Clarence. Uh, but, you know, they've always talked about, um, like, I think it's called the Bradfield Scheme, around damming the Clarence. It's always been, you know, a topic of conversation. Uh, the local newspaper have run um, a couple of campaigns called Not a Drop, um, which, you know, has worked really well. And, uh, and uh, also uh, another major group called the Clarence Catchment Alliance have also ran a project around no mining on the Clarence as well because the mining did impact the Clarence back in the 70s okay. uh, when Tailings Dam breached and um, there was arsenic leaking into or leaching into the um, the Clarence. Oh, right. And, uh, That's no good. So that uh, was all brought to a head. Uh, the same within Coffs Harbour. So there was uh, chemical issues there as well. Hmm. And it's only through, um, you know, the grassroots activism, um, like even like with CSG, that, you know, it's been able to halt these uh, uh, other industries to come over and uh, ruin other industries for overseas interests. So, yeah, okay. you know, it's very, um, you know, there's some very, very passionate people out there. Mm. Good on them, actually. Right, yeah, yeah, for sure. But it seems yeah. one thing I've always thought I've, I've been puzzled by is, um, yeah, how we're a lot of parts of the country flood so rapidly, but a lot of our dams or other water catchment areas are always sitting at quite a low percentage. So I've always, well, over the last couple of years at least, been intrigued on different documents that I can find, different people I can chat to about um, how there can be a way that some of the water that's been, you know, whether it's from rain or storm or floods or whatever, can be used or stored or saved in a certain way as well. But then there's the argument of the destruction of certain environments for building dams in the first place. So it's a very interesting debate that I'm going to try and keep following because it ends up going down a massive uh, rabbit hole essentially. But rabbit <laughs> hole. Yeah. Yeah. And look, you know, if it was done, you know, I guess the Chinese had a really good uh, model of called seeding dams and uh, – but greed, greed takes over. Yeah, that's and, always the um, unfortunate thing, isn't it? The environment and the, the local communities miss out. Mm. And uh, so that's where the problem lies. Yeah. Greed. Mm. There was a report that I found as well and it was uh, a list of certain members of parliament and their uh, it was like well, their percentage or their shares in certain water licences for certain companies. And Penny Wong's name came up quite a few times and they were kind of thinking, well, there's the face, you know, they're supposed to be the face of diversity as the Labor leader who's profit, profited over yeah. $400 million in profit from water licenses and water buybacks. Wow. It's, uh, 
Yeah, but wow, greed, okay. greed, greed just takes over and, yeah, there's no moral yeah. or conscious boundaries that really get decided after you start working with those kind of figures. It seems, uh, yeah, like greed's always not, not the winner in that aspect, but it's always the, the, the thing that's pointed out first because it's, it's, you can't hide it. You're dealing with that yeah. much money and water. How can you be, be secretive about that? It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I find it quite yeah, bizarre. Mm. So in amongst those kind of concepts and caring for the land and, trying to make use of uh, you know, the resources the most sustainably. You sent us a document here. It was called the CVC Rural Land Strategy. Now, I had a look yeah. and it's a very comprehensible, easy to read digital booklet, if you will, of um, yeah, f- f- for thinking into that further sustainability. If you're, just for the listeners, you're able to just elaborate a little bit more about uh, what the CVC Rural Land Strategy was about, how you guys came up with it and um what you feel the objective was for making it in the first place? So basically um, our farmers are so busy farming, right, they are exhausted. Like if you've been a farmer, you know how tired you are at the end of the day to go and And you don't clock on or clock off. It's just 24 hours a day. 24 hour, you know. Mm. And uh, and so they have relied on other organisations like New South Wales Farmers, you know, Australian Farmers Federation, you know, CWA, all those other sorts of um, organisations, DPI, Department of Primary Industry, DPI, um, Department of Primary Industry and Environment, all those organisations to kind of do their, you know, thing for them, you know, to make sure that, you know, their industry is safeguarded. Yep. But what, uh, and this is what I love about local government, local government is the closest arm to the people. It's the it's the the arm of government that you as a an ordinary citizen can have a say, uh, and so let's use farming as the um, the example here. So the uh, the draft rural lands strategy is being was approved this week actually, and um, and what it's done is it's now going out on public exhibition for everybody in our community to have a read about um, what we think our farming sector should look like. And uh, so this is a strategy that will have a framework, it will have policies in place to actually protect our farmers' right to farm. So if it's just not just farming, it's food manufacturing, it's fishing, it's so that's whole agri-food sector. So we've got nothing okay. on the books in council, and councils all have policies. Um, then we've got no defining document that anybody out there, whether it's an investor, whether it's state government or federal government, whether it's a political party, we have no defining document that has come from the people that tells everybody else this is who we are and this is who what we do and this is what we protect. So, ah, okay. yes, so from a local point of view, okay, so, for instance, I'll use... Um, the uh, mining petition uh, the Clarence Catchment Alliance put forward last year or maybe the year before. So there were 13,000. So our council only takes handwritten petitions, okay, no online petition. And so they worked for over a year to get 13,000 signatures to say they wanted to put uh, stop mining or put a halt to mining um, in the Clarence River to protect the industries and to protect the river. And to protect culture, actually, Aboriginal culture. And so... Oh, were they, sorry, just to cut you off, but were they going to 
uh, mine and pass through of what possibly sacred sites or indigenous sites that had particular history there as well? Is that well, there is um, some exploration licenses um, that have been approved for our area? So they stopped at um, the Colson gas mining about five years ago, and this is for lithium mining this time. And um, right. so what we've got on our books now is the petition was presented to us in council. So that our council, current Valley Council, has a position on mining. The petition was also presented to state parliament and um, and it was debated and discussed there. So now any political party, any independent or whoever, if they want to run in the next state election or the federal election, they know that there's 13,000 people out there who do not support mining on the clearance. That is a anybody that would go against that that's a big, uh, that's a complete 13,000 people. That's a voting block. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of numbers. Yeah. Massive mm. voting block. But if they hadn't have put a petition, an official petition on the table and tabled it at a council meeting or tabled it at the state parliament, nobody would know that. Ah, right? right. So this is the thoughts of the people. So the rural land strategy, uh, the same with any other policy or land strategy that comes through any local government or any council, has to go to the people for viewing, for contribution, and then it comes back to council to become a resolution so that this becomes a defining document for our farming sector. So, for instance, um, if staff or Um, council want to put money to any projects, they can use this strategy to create economic activity, create economic infrastructure. Uh, It informs their decision-making rather than thought bubbles. It's informed because the research has been done. It's been supported by the people. So if you don't have that document, it's very easy for and, in, you know, a state authority or federal authority to come over the top of that and go, oh, yeah, these guys don't care, uh, um, and, you know, rape, pillage and plunder. Yeah. Uh, whereas, it, you know, this is a bit of a barrier uh, because the people have spoken um, when they've signed off on this, rural, say, this, this rural land strategy. Hmm. So does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Yeah. There's nothing out there oddly enough, in, um, uh, say, that comes from the New South Wales um, uh, Farmers Federation. I think there's no documents um, from a local land perspective um, that says this is who we are, this is what we do, this is what we believe, and this is what we want to protect. And that's what this document does. It tells everybody that. Hmm. That's that's, that's pretty interesting. And it gets reviewed every four years. What was it? Every election. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's see for the people to have have hand signed, well, to handwrite the petitions, then that goes through, uh, you know, to that body and then back to the people. That holds, I suppose, the security for the area you're fighting for and the authenticity of the petition and what you're uh, doing in the first place. That's um, yeah, it's quite commendable. But to to not have a document like that in the first um, you know, at all until this one seems a bit uh. Well, I know it's a bit odd until I've thought about it now because in amongst different documents and policies that, you know, governments and you know, other people address and send and change all the time, you, you would have to have some sort of physical binding uh, text to say that what you guys, who you guys are and what you do. So, yeah, it's interesting. That it's only- no, it's not a given. No, it's not a given. Mm. So, and don't forget through state and federal politics, that's party policies. It's not policies that have come from the people. Oh, so it's yeah, a different yeah. yeah. 
So it's a different thing altogether from local government because local government is informed by community. Local government, front and centre of um, everything they do is uh, informed by community. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right, got it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, okay, not party politics because there's not... Well, allegedly, there's not supposed to be party politics in local government. In our area, there's not party politics. Um, and party politics, uh, they don't define who we are. They don't define our policies. So our policies are a direct reflection of a collaboration from the community. Right, okay. Everybody gets Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, there you go. That makes sense? Yep. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. It just sometimes gets yeah. a bit hard to keep up with, right? So it's local, state and federal, then back to local. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So three tiers of government, and um, but local government is the reflection of the community. Yep. Got it. Okay. Deb, I think uh, we're near the end of the episode. I'm just looking through my notes here. I think we've ticked all the boxes unless uh, you have anything else you'd like to touch on, any other subjects or stories you think you might find, the listeners might find interesting? Okay, so how about one historical food story? Sure. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. All right, so one of my favourite stories. Um, so in 1846, that's correct, 1846, there was a uh, ship coming up or leaving the Clarence and it was too heavy to cross the bar. So it um, anchored off uh, Yamba Bay there, so right in front of the farmer's market area. All right. right? And um, which is ideal. And anyway, they were um, carrying uh, potatoes and flour. And anyway, they were greeted by the local Yagle Aboriginal um, people who paddled out in their canoes 
and they swapped um, potatoes and flour for freshly hauled mullet. Ah. So, um, you know, to me that's the original fish and chips story. And um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. what it did though, and, you know, for me it's such a beautiful um, story around sharing and um, exchanging and trade with our First Nations um, brothers and sisters. And um, it just... In, in that gesture as well because uh, it was written up as a, a, a newspaper report in 1846. So I think All right. you know, they, they spoke of them um, very highly and, uh, and it was just a really lovely scene from the day in 1846 which I thought was really quite amazing because it was mm. food, you know, um, uh, was the, the, the currency they used to create a yeah. conversation. That's yeah, that's how I put it. Mm. yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh, what a great yarn. Dad, yeah. this has been great. I've um, yeah, had a great time chatting to you and finding out a bit more about yeah, the tech and detailed side of the market side of things. It's, um, yeah, been a really interesting conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Anything else you'd like to leave the listeners on or a bit of advice or uh, anyone who wants to find out more about what you do or some of the markets that are coming up? Yeah, look, I'm more than happy to just have a quick uh, yarn about, you know, supporting your local, your local farmer's markets. So, uh, your farmers' markets, what they do is uh, they create a circular economy. So uh, our farmers' market probably injects around between three and five million dollars a year into the local economy. So uh, when they're operational, um, they uh, you know they have to have ABNs, they have to be registered, they have to have their food uh, food um, uh, supervisor. There's a whole range of things that you know farmers' market storeholders have to go through. So you don't be you know shy about supporting Supporting your local farmers market. Local farmers markets to offer you food security. So, for instance, you know, at this time there might be, you know, there might be empty shelves. But um, our farmers market, in the five years that I've had it, and we've got forty-five storeholders, our market has not shut down once. So we have had no problem with our supply chain. Uh, We've got, you know, every you can do your entire fresh produce shop at our farmer's market and most farmer's markets as well. So the more you support uh, a farmer's market, the more you will support that local food economy because if, you know, if it goes pear-shaped or whatever, if there's a, you know, a natural disaster, you know, your supply chain can be cut off. So it's really, really important you actually think about, you know, one, how does your food get there? Where is it grown? And those are really important questions because, you know, I know that in my farmer's market, everything that is purchased there comes from a 150-kilometre lock of wall footprint, right? It's a very minuscule um, footprint. And so I know that that money is still staying in the local economy as well. But more importantly, I'm supporting a farmer who has families as well. So that money just has that ripple out effect. Whereas, you know, it's very, you know, I've been to a number of farmers markets down in Sydney as well. And look, there's some amazing, amazing um, farmers out there. But, you know, you just have to remember to support those local people so that your food supply chain stays local. Because at this t- moment in time, uh, what can compromise our food supply chain is the logistics yes. of going from A to B. And that was recently seen in the pandemic. It can be seen during the bushfires where there were supply chain shortages uh, on the shelves. And um, again, the farmer's market wasn't impacted at all. 
because all our products come from, you know, that's, that's quite amazing. I've never read I've never Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. And the other thing too is, you know, and I'll leave you on this note, when you shop at a, at a farmer's market, it's gate to plate. So it's picked the day before. It's going to last fresher in the fridge for two to three weeks longer. Whoa. You don't know how old the your, your fruit and veg by the time you get it. You don't know how old it is by the time because that it's sat in cold storage. Yes. It couldn't even be from last year. Oof. Right? Yeah. Won't know. So its nutritional value would have really been compromised. And these are just really basic questions you can, you know, ask your farmer's market or or even, you know, um, if you want, you can approach your local council to ask them to create a local farmer's market policy that will strengthen the farmer's markets in your area as well oh, so funny. that, you know, they're always, you know, a step ahead of ensuring that there is that, uh, supply chain consistency, but at the end of the day, the thing that's going to impact Australia's food security is the packaging because we've allowed our packaging to be manufactured offshore. Mm. Right? Yeah. So we've got a, um, an extraordinary honey producer up here and during the COVID, um, she'd only ever exported her honey and, um, and then during uh, the pandemic, um, all the uh, supply chains were um, uh, compromised because there were no ships coming or planes coming into Australia. Yeah. So then she no, had to... With no ships and no planes coming in, it's, yeah, that that's... Yeah, you did have that halt of not bringing goods in or out, yeah. Yeah, hmm. exactly. So, yeah, yeah. so, for instance, um, you've got uh, greenwashing in the biopackaging sector where you go, oh, it's really amazing. We're buying, you know, we're um, buying biopackaging, you know, blah, blah. But all that biopackaging is being made in China or Korea or somewhere, mm. right? And and there's one brand of um, biopackaging, and I won't say which one it is, but Ash is made from sugarcane, and it's actually sent overseas made overseas and then sent back to Australia. Like a lot of things here, that's, yeah, I'm really unfortunate. No, no sense. At all. No and, sense. And the worst part is we used to have all that industry here and we kept a lot of people in work, exactly. they got money and everything else, and then whoever made the trade policies to, you know, oh, yeah, let's give you the material, you make it, and then we'll buy it back. It's just, yeah, it's 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 annoying. Yeah. I, find, I find it frustrating, but all I can put it down to is maybe um, – someone's just, you know, giving someone else opportunity to sign off on a deal so they can make money off it and, and then it kills off a lot of industry here in the process. But as long as someone made the commission from that project that's not even Australian-owned anymore, yeah, it's, it's infuriating. Yeah, I it? think you'll find what it is, it's um, with globalisation and uh, global companies coming into Australia as well. Uh, so that's why a lot of our manufacturing has gone offshore because of our... our um, uh, union rules because our labor force is very unionized yeah, and um and we have very high wages compared to third world countries yes. so that's you know it's not just in the food sector it's in fashion you know um you know a whole lot of other um things we don't i mean the fact we don't have a car manufacturer in australia i mean that beggars belief. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it's um you know just to have that you know, to let that go is just outstanding. You know, that's a criminal as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah, it's a big part of um, our the core of our um, economic cycle of just, yeah, having things produced and bought and traded and sold. But, yeah, having things made here and exactly. assembled here was 
was one of the core bits of making, you know, whatever product it was genuine, mainly Holden, which, you know, which was the exactly, last. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Football Holden, what is it? Um, a meat pies, meat pies kangaroos, yeah, football and Holden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an interesting yeah, point though, yes. It feels very un-Australian not to have that um, here, you know, mm. that armour manufacturing. So, you know, and I have that conversation with my storeholders all the time, like what's your plan B? if um, the Suez Canal um, gets blocked and ah. we can't get plastic into the country, you know, like what's your plan B? Uh, and it's that, having that food security conversation as well. So, you know, it's like what do you do? You know, think about those sorts of things. And, I mean, plastics, it's just like, you know, it's across the board for, you know, most things. But when it comes to packaging again, um, it's like what's your plan B if this goes pear-shaped, you know, how do you get your product to there? Mm. Same with, um, you know, for instance, in the last floods here, uh, the how food is delivered around Australia across the M1 network, so on your big motorway yep. network, the delivery model is called Just-In-Time, so JIS. It's a Japanese modelling. Okay. And, um, and what they do is they just go up and down delivering, up and down the, the, the motorway, and there's no error, no room for error, right? So everything is so synchronised. So in the flood, um, any trucks that wanted to come off the M1 into, say, Yamble or Aluka couldn't get to Yamble and Aluka because the roads were cut due to flooding for the first time, right, from the M1. And... Um, so there was a supply chain compromise into Yamba and Oluka, right? So then I actually had one of the shopkeepers um, ring me and ask me about it and I thought, well, that's interesting that you actually wait until after the fact because it was now if we'd have gone into the fourth day, we would have started running out of serious food in Yamba. So I just gave him the number of a, a helicopter pilot um, and then a, and how, where they could drop off and pick up. Uh, because the trucks just kept going. Far out. That's pretty wild. Yes, that's pretty wild. So, you know, but I can tell you now that shopkeeper in Yamba is a little bit smarter for that experience, right? So yeah. now always knows, a lesson something. <laughs> always a lesson, mm. always a lesson. So, you know, it's still another thing to consider when, you know, food is being carried around the country in the, in the network, whether it's, a, you know, a, a, an accident or whether it's a flood or whatever, it does not like a disruption in any way, shape or form. And that's what happened during the pandemic as well because when the um, shipping uh, the shipping routes were cut, um, there was a supply chain dis uh, disruption. So, you know, our businesses should be learning from that. Yeah, absolutely. Enabling from that. You know, this country should be learning um, some very, very great lessons from that. Mm. Thinking outside the mm. box in any situation, by the sounds of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, unreal. Thanks, David. This has been a great chat. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it too. And uh, yeah, yes, thanks for the conversation. Thank it works a lot. Yeah, thank you. And um, greetings from the mighty Clarence. Awesome. Well, greetings and uh, good afternoon from Sydney. <laughs> okay, thank All right, you. Catch you Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.